when I was young, I didn't say that uh, I, I felt at the pressure. I always I said that I'm uh, under control, no problem. <laughs> I a bit uh, I said that uh, lie to yeah, yeah. to so even my family. But uh, wow, you know, that's the, interesting to your yeah, family but, as well. Yeah, but the reality is, uh, you know, the inside is really, you know, a lot of pressure. You know, many things. When you start to think about, uh, you know, that for the race, for the strategy, many things never stop. Hello and welcome to the last episode of Last on the Breaks podcast for 2020. I was going to say, I hope you're going to put their minds at ease and say this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah Please, exactly. nobody panic, stay no, calm. No problem. This is the last episode, but we will be back next year. Uh, but today we have a very, very special guest with us. He's not in the seat to the right of us now because we're recording this separately. It's Takaki <laughs> Nakagami. I guess we had uh, lots of you guys wondering who it was actually going to be at the end of the season because we've had a run of some fairly substantial guests this year, haven't we? We have. We've also been a bit of a, maybe not good luck charm, but our timing has been impeccable. Mm, mm. In some cases by design and in some cases due to just pure luck. Pit by um, talking to him yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, we shall see, but uh, definitely uh, Taka, maybe maybe by the time you hear this, he'll have that first podium, who knows? Or race win, but, let's uh, see. Yeah, it's been a great season for him though anyway, some really impressive progress from the Japanese rider. He's had his first pole position this year, he's had really, really impressive pace at a lot of tracks and been so close to that podium at the time of recording with a couple of fourths. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good person to listen to. And I think also some interesting topics, not just about him necessarily, a little bit about uh, the uh, Idemitsu Asia Talent Cup, not that I'm biased towards that, one of my uh, pet projects, but also about what he mentioned in a press conference a little while ago, looking at Mark Marquez's data uh, and how important that's been. And, yeah, I think... I was found it very interesting. Yeah, me too. He was a, he's the first return guest that we've had on the podcast. We spoke to him last year when the podcast was a bit of a different format, wasn't it? And uh, we spoke to him about uh, how his career started. So we kick off with that, with him talking about where his career started, which was actually on four wheels and a, an awesome story about how he chose to be a motorcycle racer instead. Really enjoyed that one. But then the other thing we ended up talking about, which we didn't expect at all, was honesty being the best policy. That was quite a strange topic because yeah. we weren't really sure speaking to him again where we kind of wanted this one to go apart from what you mentioned with that comment in the press conference but turned into a real good chat about how being honest with himself his family and even the media has helped him to go faster which i think is a real fascinating insight for it most everyone is. you know me i love the armchair psychology yeah. so especially getting to talk about it with the actual person implicated in the situation i'm just like absolutely winning absolutely uh, so yeah but uh I think there's uh, not much further ado. No, quote. Well, I would say question would, of the week. Yes, question of the week would have to be clearly, honesty is the best policy. What do you reckon? Don't, I mean, I don't want to turn don't into mean, agony aunts. Yeah, and we don't like mean this. in a court of law. We no, don't mean no, no. is it okay to cheat on your wife of 75 years. We mean more sort of psychologically. 
is it sometimes better to pep yourself up with those the kind of talks and say like no it's actually this it's actually this or is it better to say well actually this situation is pretty difficult mm -hmm, and will that help you out more so. Be before we get going though i would because i know no one's going to listen at the end of this episode when the interview finishes you're all vamoose but um uh, i do just want to say at the end of this uh, series i mean thanks to every guest that we've had because uh, we didn't half hound some people on the dms and instagram to try and get them on the skype and then also especially the press officers on site and this ever increasingly difficult season for long interviews the press officers who helped us out with getting some of the interviews which you guys have all seemed to love we really appreciate the support most definitely yeah thank you to all the guests all the people that helped out and i have to say special shout out to uh, f1 legend mark weber because <laughs> he was actually the easiest person to organize the whole year well him and greg minar and greg actually, minar yeah. that's true yeah that's that was true. that Just they like, couldn't DM, have been happier. yes when this time okay <laughs> absolute no. dream so awesome, thanks lads <laughs> yes and well we haven't got any plans at the moment exactly what we're going to be able to do with season three next year but do keep sending us some suggestions had some already one was gary mccoy which i really like the sound of that would be a good chat for a future episode and uh the, I, I saw one as well that was uh, some of the uh Dorna team commentators so uh yeah I maybe know. one day we'll see Bert Day and crew unleash oh why not why not that'd be great wouldn't so it so now I have some reservations well before we uh <laughs> before we ramble on too much hey let's uh, hand over to us and Taka enjoy this fun lesser episode of the season Takaki Nakagami you are the first return guest <laughs> on the last on the breaks podcast now uh, a lot of people will be listening out there. That a lot of them might have listened to the episode we did last year, so they will know your background story. Okay. But before, because there will be a lot of people listening who haven't heard it, I want to just recap a little that your career mm -hmm. started on four wheels. Or was supposed to. Or was supposed yeah. to, right? <laughs> so can you tell us about that? What was it that your parents wanted you to be? Um, well, um, when I was uh, four years old, my parents uh, bought uh, like a small bike. Uh, in Japan and uh, because my parents used to just for hobby but uh, they they are all every weekend went to circuit and always uh, make a race yeah. in, uh, four wheels like cutting and uh, uh, my parents you know during the race always I, I use uh, this pocket bike on the in the parking Okay, cool. So you yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah, that, yeah. and then yeah, they're racing the car. The race <laughs> and, you know, the, a little bit in a plane uh, with a pocket bike. How funny! And just fun. Then okay, step by step, we went to like a small track and for the pocket bike. And uh, hey, it was a. Uh, I mean, of course, I didn't really clearly remember, but uh, yeah, my my parents told me that the f first day. Disaster it was a uh, super slow, <laughs> and, uh, even after all the time uh, in the car park. I, even, <laughs> I, even I couldn't, you know, keep straight. You wow, know, the straight is always uh, really. You know, I'm not able to <laughs> hold on the bike, you know. You need three uh, wheels, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> then uh, my parents uh, think that okay, uh, is no, no sense, uh, it's better, I forget, but uh. Then the next day we tried again and a uh, little bit better than the first first time. So, yeah, or every almost every day I, I remember that uh, I went to practice during the day or even you know after I woke up uh, from uh, my parents during the night also. Yeah, uh, I remember that when I was a kid, 
when you have a time, always uh, try to some practice to you know to try a glow up, and uh, that's it. Now, then I think when I was nine nine years old, uh, I choose my life because yeah. <laughs> uh, my parents uh, prepare okay four wheels the the cutting and one is a pocket bike, mm. and I clearly remember that my parents told me that uh, okay today. You have to choose uh, four wheels or two wheels. Wow. Oh, my gosh. And That's cool. Yeah. And we, we think as well sometimes that it's a lot of pressure in school deciding <laughs> yeah, what you will yeah, study yeah. next. But, yeah, but when you're uh, nine... Yeah. <laughs> of course, I'm young, so I'm, I'm not pressure. Just, you know, okay, I'm okay. I try cutting or bikes. And uh, I remember that, uh, yeah, like a two hours cutting, two hours uh, pocket bike. And... Uh, yeah, after that I choose a uh, motorcycle because uh, with the four wheels I felt really scared. Really? Because oh, a different position, different, yeah, yeah. you know, the, the you lower down. Yeah, really well. low, and I really not comfortable with the four wheels. And uh, yeah, after that I explained to my mom I, I want to be a. You know, professional motorcycle rider, and uh, she said, "Okay, so no more four wheels, just focus on the two wheels." <laughs> and uh, yeah, now I'm here. So what yeah, it was really, you know, really important, big decision for for me. It was uh, nine years old, but a really important day for for my, you know, my life. Um, yeah, it was nice, but uh, <laughs> Actually, what a <laughs> I guess <laughs> you must feel now that you definitely made the right decision. Yeah, now yeah you're I think so. Yeah, most GP really pole position. My decision. <laughs> yeah, you, it's not going so bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's cool then. So we, yeah, we got a little bit of this story, like we said, when you were on the podcast last year. Mm-hmm. But we want to know as well, growing up racing in Japan. Um, so now there is the Idemitsu Asia Talent Cup yep. that tries to help a little bit more mm-hmm. find riders from Japan yep. and Asia and Oceania. But that was after your kind of time. How was your experience getting to MotoGP now from kind of Japanese domestic racing? Uh, well, it's not only Japanese riders. I think uh, for, you know, Asian Talent Cup is really helps for, for the Asia. You know, not uh, Japan, also Thailand, Indonesia, of course, in Malaysia. And uh, as you can see, it's many young and have a talent. Uh, the young kids, you can see the growing up is quite easy. And uh, especially, of course, in Japanese, right? I think uh, I, c- I can see that the growing up is quite uh, easier. And uh, they have a potential you know also i think that uh, not team manager team manager but uh, alberto Puch, uh, you know take care of uh, take care of young kids mm. and uh, you know i know that a very long time ago from uh, alberto he he knows everything so you know i'm i'm not to worry about uh, you know about that because uh, the people if you know listening and try to improve uh, to try to run from the Alberto, I think uh, easy to grow, grow up. Progress. And uh, me as well, also, when I was young, when I was uh, 12 years old, 13 years old, and I was MotoGP Academy, and, and uh, Alberto was a team manager. And uh, always I try to listen from uh, his advice, his, some tips, and uh, always 
working pretty well. So uh, that's why I'm full respect for respectful from uh, to to Alberto, and uh, yeah, that's why he always you know even now he he take care of me also young kids. So I think a really great I mean uh, opportunity to to follow that way. I really feel um, when you were growing up and you were in the MotoGP Academy, it was just at the end of an era where you had a, a lot of Japanese superstars. Mm. You had like, well, your, your Norikabe's, yeah. your, I'm yeah. thinking of Noriyuki Haga, he was one of mine, yes. uh, Ryuji Kiyonari mm. at the yeah. top of his game. But then when you came in, there was a kind of a, a lull, we mm. would say in English, there weren't so many Japanese superstars. Mm. But it seems now with the Asia Talent Cup, the opportunity is there for this next wave of Japanese superstar. How do you see that? Well, as you said, that uh, I think uh, more than 10 years ago, it was uh, many Japanese rider, you know, all classes, you know, one to five to 50, 500, or even MotoGP. And uh, well, I don't know why, but uh, you know, when when I came to World Championship, and uh, it was only uh, Yuki Takashi, also Hiro Aoyama, some only few. Japanese rider, not like a more mm. than 10 riders. Yeah, exactly. And when I was uh, watching TV, more than 10 riders in Japanese, you know, Japanese all the classes and uh, many races share the podium. But uh, now not. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know why exactly, but uh, I think really helps a lot of, uh, you know, this Asian Talent Cup. is, Of course, from Japan, from the, the old world in Asia, and they have a potential, so this is, you know, but, uh, you know, the the situation in Japan is not the same as in Europe, you know, it's not uh, not so many circuit and also not, not so many bikes, so uh, not popular, of course, like in Spain, so uh, I, I know that the difficult situation, but uh, this kind of, uh, you know, Dorna helps for you know, uh, this uh, another way to to grow up uh, to the world championship. This is uh, <coughs> really important and uh, really in my in also in my side. I'm really appreciated to you know that uh, have a, the kids have a chance. And it's good, of course, also for the fans in Japan and to grow the sport in Japan as well when you have Japanese riders. Mm -hmm. yeah. You're obviously the top Japanese rider mm. in the world at the moment, which, I don't know, do you ever think of yourself like that? Because you are here, you're in MotoGP. <laughs> um, but, like, have you seen the interest change since you've, especially this season, you've had some amazing mm -hmm. races, you've been on pole position. Yeah. Have you seen it, kind of the interest growing over the last couple of years as you've really made your mark? Yeah, I felt that, uh, you know, um, this is my third year MotoGP category. And, uh, yeah, as you can see, uh, year by year, we are trying to, I mean, you know, uh, try to improve and, and uh, try to grow up. And, uh, yeah, you can see this year I got a pole position in Aragon and also, unfortunately, no podium, but, uh, you know, really, really close to, to get uh, uh, po uh, podium so uh, you can see we are definitely much better than the last season and uh, many races we were able to finish in top 6 or even P4, P5, P6 so I felt that you know not not only Japan but especially yeah, Japanese fans you know try to 
to start to watch again the MotoGP races because uh, last uh, last few race few few years was uh, not Japanese rider you know not into the top ten you know not uh, pole position no podium so was a uh, even uh, all, even uh, Japanese fan not really interesting to to watch but now I try to to you know to improve and uh, some races good good result and also on newspaper in TV more media so more like a motorcycle fans to to restart watch the MotoGP what is a MotoGP so this is great result a great uh, you know to see that and also great here that you know uh, many many people to watch the uh, MotoGP races. And that's because yeah. of you as well. <laughs> quite a cool yeah. feeling. <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm really appreciated because, uh, you know, if not, uh, as you can see, the Motegi is year by year more more fans. And uh, and it's a hard place to get to. <laughs> yeah. So you, you know. You have to be committed yeah, to get yeah. to Motegi. <laughs> of course, more fans, which is uh, more pressure, but uh, it's good. I mean, uh, the people watching, you know, MotoGP, where is Nakagami? How is Nakagami? So this is good, and uh, better than uh, you know they don't care. Yeah. So I'm really happy. I, I feel like you've. Uh, I wanted we wanted to talk to you about about pressure and how you feel about it because looking at your career and your story, which I'm not sure how many people listening would uh, know too much about. You've, I feel like you've always had a lot of pressure on your mm. shoulders because you, you, you even had a couple of years when you first came to World Championship where you left the World Championship yes. back to Japan yeah. and then you had to fight your way back in. You, you, you were a bit of an underdog and you got your wins and even when you came to MotoGP, a lot of pressure <laughs> on your shoulders. So how, how do, you, do you feel that way, that you have had a lot of pressure throughout your career? Um, in the past, normally I didn't feel so much uh, the pressure from the outside. I think I was uh, quite able to under control, but uh, especially now uh, with the MotoGP class, I felt a lot of pressure because, uh, you know, everything, uh, new things for me, because uh, in the past few, you know, when came to, when, when, when I moved to MotoGP and always uh, the first year, it's difficult to get even some points. So, which is like uh, from P15, and uh, the second year we tried to 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 improve into the top 10, many races, and now it's a podium or some yeah. races we try to to win the race, and we got a pole position. So it's completely different, you know, the view from the in my my eyes. Yeah. So, uh, and this is uh, for me is. I mean, uh, every weekend, every race weekend, feeling that uh, something new things for me. And uh, with the MotoGP categories, I felt that there's like uh, a lot of pressure from the, not from the fans or media, from the team, from the manufacturer, from HRC, especially this year, Honda couldn't uh, win the race, hmm. so looks, only I have an opportunity, or even uh, Alex. But uh, yeah, I, I have a lot of pressure from the from the outside. Uh, I can say that uh, this year, when when you grow up or when you make a great result, more pressure and more pressure. Mm -hmm. And uh, unfortunately, few races I couldn't control 
that uh, the pressure and uh, I was okay. I have a pressure, but uh, I want to beat uh, that uh, pressure. I'm more stronger than uh, that uh, pressure, wow, yeah. but uh, it was uh, too much. I was too excited and uh, yeah, easy, you know, this MotoGP is so sensitive. I, always you have to bring uh, close to the 100%, but if you arrive to 101%, you are on the gravel. <laughs> so very sensitive, very, really, really difficult, but uh, you have to do it. And a uh, few races, also last race in Valencia, Valencia too. I was uh, main, many laps arrived to 99, 100%, but uh, arriving that moment, that corner, I was uh, maybe out of the 100%, maybe 101%, and then I lose the front and I was on gravel. So it's uh, really difficult. I mean, uh, difficult to manage that, uh, you know, how, how I have to manage that uh, pressure or these kind of things. But uh, for, me it's, for me, it's good. I mean, I always try to, to try. And if I have a mistake, okay, try to run from the mistakes and try to, okay, next, I have a next race. No injury. So this is really good, really important point. And uh, that's why, you know, we are always thinking to, to try and uh, to improve. And that, this is the only the way. So it's like, I guess, one of those situations where you say the pressure seemed to be too much was in Aragon, where, mm -hmm. like you said, you took that <laughs> first pole position yeah. and you took the lead as well initially. Yeah. But I want to ask you, your social media post after mm. you crashed out there seemed to be super honest mm. and raw. <laughs> and we don't often see that from riders. Uh -huh. You get a lot, like even Juan uh -huh. before the last weekend, yeah. he's saying, no, I have no pressure, I have no pressure. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. on Sunday, actually, I yeah. was lying and yeah. I had loads of pressure yeah. but you just like super honest like yeah the pressure was too much and I made a mistake does that help you as well to then build back up to try and come back from a mistake to say just like yep too much pressure now we move on and we go again um, for my personality I don't want to I mean uh, my feeling I don't want to to make a dark side I mean uh, if I ever feel pressure I want to say that I have a pressure because I'm human and I cannot, if I cannot control, sorry, I, I, it was, uh, I have no, con I cannot control. And uh, for me, my personality, I want, for me, it's better to say that uh, true. And uh, okay, some rider, they, they, they don't want to show the, the real feeling. For example, in Mil, John Mill, but uh, for sure the people have a feeling from the outside if, uh, yeah, if you have a match point and, um, you know, for the world champion, uh, it's really difficult to manage. And, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. But some rider have, uh, uh, Joan, he, he made, uh, you know, under control. And, uh, but, you know, really important thing that uh, for me, uh, if I feeling that, uh, you know, that moment was uh, a lot of, I felt a lot of pressure. So for me, it's better to say that uh, truth and uh, yeah um, for me this is the way I mean for me I choose this way and uh, I feel better when I post uh, the, the SNS and uh, I, my true the feeling and uh, people understanding the show but always in, in the, the last always I'm thinking okay 
hmm. try to the next one and uh, don't you know this is not the end yeah and uh, you have a, if we have uh, another chance we try and uh, if not next one again 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 so yeah. this is uh, this is my personality you know thinking that uh, this is a positive way for me have you always been like that or was there a time where you would uh, lie and try to convince yourself that there isn't pressure by saying publicly. <laughs> That's an evil Cause, question. Because this is how I think of it almost. I think some riders, correct me if I'm wrong, they say these things publicly like I don't have pressure or whatever <laughs> in any situation to, convin if, to convince themselves that they don't. Did you ever do that and then you changed? Or have I you changed. Been yeah? Because in the past, when I was young, uh, around like uh, 20 years old or before World Championship, of course, all the races even different situation but before the the on the grid before the start exactly same feeling that the, the it's like uh, not a kind of pressure but uh, you feel that the heart rate is you know <laughs> is coming Bursting higher and higher you know <laughs> and but uh, yeah in the past when i was young i didn't say that uh, uh, I felt that the pressure. I always I said that I'm uh, under control, no problem. <laughs> I a bit uh, I said that uh, lie to yeah, yeah. to so even my family. But uh, wow, you know, that's the, interesting to your yeah, family but, as well. Yeah, but the reality is, uh, you know, the inside is really you know a lot of pressure. You know, many things. When you start to think about uh, you know that for the race, for the strategy, many things never stop. And uh, so now I, I, I'm not trying to, to think about before the, for example, in the Saturday night, before into the bed. In the past, always I'm thinking to some strategy for the race, but uh, now not, because uh, if I'm start to thinking, I couldn't sleep. I mean, until like uh, four or 5 a.m. Yeah. And so, then you know, you know it's going to yeah, be a worse nervous. race. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't sleep and I was thinking that. So now, yeah, before the race, I try to sleep well. And uh, of course, because any moment uh, before the start, you felt that the pressure. This is exactly the same. If you slept sleep well or if not, hmm. last moment you felt that uh, the pressure. So... I changed, uh, uh, I think, five, five, five years ago. I changed yeah. uh, myself. Interesting. To say that uh, I felt, when I felt the pressure, I, I tell to even my team, you know, all, also my fans, my family too. Yeah. Awesome. That's interesting. <laughs> also, five kind of years ago is when your career really started yeah going up and up to where you are now maybe it's yeah. the trick <laughs> yeah i think uh this is a this is better way for for me and uh you know less i have a pressure but less you know a kind of uh the weight yeah so yeah, yeah. so the pressure's there but the weight of yeah. trying to yeah. think about for it is gone. Better, yeah. that's interesting <laughs>
So the other thing, the last thing we'll talk about before, at the end we have a quick fire round of a few questions. But first, the other thing was that you said, I think in the press conference, in one of the press conferences in Valencia, mm -hmm. you talked about how after the first Jerez race this year, yes. uh, you were like, oh no, okay, I'm too slow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do I do? Yeah. And you said you looked at Mark's data. Mm -hmm. um, so how is it to look at another rider's data and then you say you've adapted how you ride that must be a difficult thing to mm. do when you've had your own career yeah. riding how you ride but then it's also you've had an incredible season this year mm -hmm. with so much more success how is that looking at that data and how have you made it work for you well um you know um i'm not a world champion i'm not a I never won the races and also no podium that moment. So in MotoGP, in MotoGP, <laughs> yeah, 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 in MotoGP, you are a Grand Prix winner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, still I'm, I'm in uh, third year and uh, still I'm, I didn't get uh, the excellent result. I mean, uh, as I said before, I, I'm not a world champion, so always I, I'm trying to. To improve myself, like a riding style or even uh, uh, set up on the bike, of course. So, yeah, from first year, I always I'm looking at data, especially my teammate with uh, mm. Carl. And uh, I didn't change uh, that style. I mean, uh, if I'm, for example, one second faster than a teammate, but always I, I try to look data from uh, my teammate because some area 100% that uh, I can find that uh, some area a little bit faster even one second I'm fast but a few area there's always something, always something I can find yeah. it uh, so um, always uh, you know of course first race in Jerez I finish I think top 10 P10 and for me, it's a really bad result. And also the the race pace, feeling on the bike was uh, was uh, really bad for me. And uh, you know, the next race very soon. And I have to, I realize that I have to change the the style because uh, with the 19 bike and uh, also had the surgery in the in the winter, the physical is not 100%. So. I have to change and uh, so only the way you know to see the mark data and because he you know he knows that uh, pretty well uh, how handle the bike with the pretty Honda's well, bike yeah. well. <laughs> so you know especially last season 19 uh, he won the many many races so why not I have to if I have a chance I I try to see his data and uh, how he managed uh, this bike and uh, then I can you know many I can I can see that many tricks that uh, on the braking in the mid corner exit many things it was uh, same bike but uh, on the graphics completely different wow. so really? yeah first time I see you're wow! Like, uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna <laughs> how how he managed, and uh, <laughs> then uh, you know, uh, the, from the HRC, Takeo explained very well with the Japanese, and uh, you know, 
analyze the, the deeply, you know, ways the, the difference on the braking, but especially on the braking is huge difference, how he stopped the bike. And uh, yeah, then the first moment I, I saw that uh, completely different uh, how stop the bike and uh, okay I have to do it this one and uh, of course not easy to do it no, it's no. not easy to copy but uh, <laughs> at least I have to try otherwise uh, the same result uh, like I say Harris uh, one so I keep try to 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 adapt so always when I'm riding always I'm remember that you know the the graphic how he really? made made it and uh, always uh, okay yeah. you know the thinking and uh, it was good i mean suddenly i felt that uh, you know the lucky point i suddenly like few laps i felt that uh, i found that uh, a kind of uh, mark style and i i able to very well i mean stop well mm. able to uh, easy to stop the bike and easy to i mean uh, um much more feedback on the front so uh easy to stop and easy to make a turning so i was lucky but uh <laughs> but I, I mean that time was uh, i have to try and uh, it was a bit risk because i have to change the style but uh but anyway after that you know try to always uh, try to improve improve and yeah, that's and it's, it. it seems uh, to have paid off because you yeah. took what's currently your equal best result of the yeah. season the next yeah. race so yeah. yeah for like however many days you had from deciding okay i'll change my whole style yeah, yeah. it went well <laughs> yeah very well and after that i felt that uh, okay this bike i have to ride this style yeah and uh, then you know in harris 2 i got uh, really close to the podium finished p4 and uh, then I change, uh, like, uh, okay, I have to keep change the style, but uh, now I cannot come back my style. I mean, uh, like a Harris one, yeah. because now many races, you know, now <laughs> no rest this season. So many races, you know, in now, a row. Now it is your yeah, style. So now, well. okay, yes. now it's like a natural feeling, you know. Yeah. Okay, it's not think cool. about uh, Mark's style. It's like a... Yeah, it's your own. This yeah, is how my, I ride yeah, now. Yeah, so this okay. is really, Mate, really good. That's really yeah. interesting. That <laughs> yeah. is a really good story. Yeah. I really appreciate yeah. you telling us yeah, that. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Um, before we let you go, we've got to do a quick fire questions, rapid fire questions fire for question. you. Yeah. Um, it's not like facts. No, 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 no. It's just no. things you prefer. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, this, of course, is the Kenwood Quick Fire. It's actually the last one of the year. So thank you it for is. Kenwood for sponsoring all, all year. Uh, and we always ask, customarily, the first question is, what do you prefer, coffee or tea? Coffee. Good choice. Mm. Uh, why do you love miso soup so much? Why? Yes. Um, because I'm Japanese and uh, you know, <laughs> is that the easy uh, answer? This is uh, the question, uh, the answer. Yeah. <laughs> fair, fair. fair. <laughs> okay, so what is your favorite type of training? Cycling, motocross, gym? Unfortunately, I, I'm not a big fan of the, the cycling. <laughs> but, uh, I have to do it and... Uh, I prefer run. I go oh, outside. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm thinking of that video where you were running up the steps in lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just kept going wow, and going. Yes, oh my yeah. goodness. It makes me want to cry. Just like I want something like that. Um, so what is your dream car? Dream car? Yeah. Uh, Honda NSX. Ah. Yeah, so I was like, if you say Very Honda commercial. Civic, yeah. like, no. <laughs> 
Okay, so what makes Japanese rice different from regular rice in Europe? Because you're very passionate about yeah. having Japanese rice. I've also rice. Yeah. just noticed he, he wrote these. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and regular rice, like ours is the default rice. Well, yeah, just from, from a supermarket. Which it is not, of <laughs> course. Uh, the, I mean, you know, the taste is... First things, taste is completely different. And uh, yeah, Japanese rice are a bit more round mm. and a bit smaller. And uh, they think uh, the U European the rice the long is a bit rice, like yeah. a <laughs> Thai, looks like a Thai rice. Uh, it's good for paella. Yeah. But uh, not for no rice ball, no. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we had to ask that. <laughs> Is it me next? Yes. Yes. Uh, why do you race with the number thirty? Uh, well, um, when I uh, first time I came to Europe, which is a MotoGP Academy audition, and uh, then it was in Valencia, and uh, after that, Alberto. No, choose the, the number. Okay, this this rider, number this, number this, number this. And uh, he gave me a number. Okay, Taka, your number is 30. Okay. And, stuck and you with just it stuck yeah, with it. Yeah, I keep it. I keep it. And, uh, you know, you can see Danny, mm. also Casey yeah. Stoner. There's a lot of yeah, riders. Yeah, a lot of riders, them, yeah. you know. So, wow, that's you know, cool. Interesting. Okay, where? Uh, which is your favorite circuit in the world? Um, Mugero, I think. Mm, okay. Good answer. Classic answer. Sorry for Japanese fan because I'm not telling you about that. <laughs> <laughs> I choose Mugello. Uh, what's the worst advice you've ever been given? Worst advice? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, no, not worst. Uh, I, I didn't have a. No? No. No, because... Oh, we've uh, had a quick-fire failure. Yeah, You've yeah. never In, had worst advice. That's interesting. That's good, though. <laughs> uh, because... Uh, You've got a lot of good people around you, then. Yeah, <laughs> this is a good thing, you know. <laughs> around, uh, around my people, you know, always uh, Lucho, also Alberto, mm. many, many, right, many people. Good advice, you know. Don't crazy things, you know. Always, uh, you have a potential, you know. Be calm and uh, don't panic. And, uh, yeah. Okay, so, well, the final question is, though, what is the best advice you've ever been given? Have you, can you think of that? Uh, um, I remember that uh, in Jerez, before race, before race two, which yep. is... Uh, Andalusia. Yeah, so Andalusia Grand Prix, yeah. yeah. Mark was there because Mark, you know, he yeah, went he to hospital surgery and he came back to again in on track hmm. but unfortunately he couldn't make race but he he was on hospitality we shared the the you know table uh dinner together and uh, he said taka you have a pace and uh don't panic you can even you can win the race so this oh. is you know something interesting because uh you know he's a world champion he know everything and uh fortunately he he couldn't make a race but you know he keep he he tried to even keep advice with the Honda family, so oh, this right. is uh, you know really nice. I love that <laughs> yeah, Ad advice from Mark Marquez yeah, from himself. The Mark, you know. oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 
thank you very much. Thank that you. was the Kenwood Quickfire. And yes. uh, thank you for your time. I thank really appreciate it. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And uh, have a great weekend. Obviously, everyone listening or watching this will be enjoying it after, after we've Portimao, seen the yeah. final race of the season. Okay. <laughs> but also, congratulations on an amazing 2020. Thank you so as much. As well as we have Thank seen you. those moments maybe of a bit more bad luck, we've also seen amazing stuff. So congratulations. It's been great to really watch. I appreciate cool. it. Thank you so much. So that's it then. We are at the close of the 2020 season of Last on the Breaks. And uh, as we said in the intro, you're doubtless not listening to this. But if you are, God bless you and yeah. thank you for hanging and around. And if, you, if you're already this far, I'll give you a little nugget. As you can probably hear in the background of our microphones, we're recording this during MotoGP FP2. Because <laughs> uh, we ran out of time on Thursday. Yeah, we uh, did. And actually, we need to cut this short because I actually want some lunch now as well. <laughs> But without any further ado, then, thank you so much to everyone who's watched, listened, commented, all uh, whatever you like, everything, all the interaction that we've had. Thanks so much. Thank you to everyone we've had on the show. We very much hope you've enjoyed it. And keep those suggestions coming, especially with a bit longer to think about it. And, uh, yeah, we've got some plenty of exciting stuff planned for 2020, but there's always room to improve and take some suggestions. So let us know. See you next year. Ciao for now. Yeah.